This is the Crosspoint Sermon Audio from Carrollton, Texas. Well, good morning. My name is David Knight. I am community curator around here, for those of you who don't know me. Our uh, lead pastor and story shaper, David Wallstedt, is uh, currently out of the country. He's in Uganda with his daughter, Courtney, uh, working with our missional project, or missional partner, uh, the Uganda Children's Project. I spoke to him last night, I guess, by Facebook. He said he, things are going well, he's doing well, and he appreciates your prayers, so keep them going. It's funny, when I get up in front of people to talk or to perform or whatever, my wife, Kylie, always stops me before I head out on stage, and she says, stand up straight. <laughs> straight back, shoulders back, chin up. She tells me to watch my posture constantly. <laughs> and so it got me thinking about posture and, and what the posture means to the body. And I was doing some research this week, and I found out uh, at least seven very weird ways that poor posture can actually impact your health. And uh, because this is the kind of thing we do, I'm going to tell you about these things. Uh, one way that, that it uh, impacts your health is it actually deepens depression. Uh, in a recent study from San Francisco State University, students were told to either walk down a hall slouching or skip. <laughs> the slouchers reported increased feelings of depressions and lower energy than the skippers. So I expect all of you to be skipping from now on. It causes career problems. Slouching doesn't just hurt your attitude, it can affect how people see you. Janice Novak, author of Posture, Get It Straight, <laughs> says you don't want to walk into somebody's office slouching and bent over because people really do perceive you as not vital. And we want to be seen as vital. Ah, this one, it backs you up. Author Steven Weiniger says, when you sit in a crunched position, your viscera, your intestines, are folded up too. And that can slow everything down. So if you're slouched, I guess you're full of... Uh, it increases risk of... <laughs> increases risk of death and disease. Now, this is not so funny. Uh, a recent Australian study found that after the age of 25, every single hour of television, uh, i.e. slouching on the couch, reduced the viewer's life expectancy by 21.8 minutes. Uh, plus, when researchers, English researchers cross-referenced sitting time with health outcomes in a different study, they found that those people who sat the most more than doubled their risk of developing diabetes and had a 147% increase in their risk for cardiovascular disease, even if they exercised. Yeah. Uh, number five, I think we all kind of know this, it makes you look heavier. Uh, when you're slouched over, your internal organs have nowhere to go but down and out you immediately look bigger. <laughs> uh, did you notice that? Um, cuts off circulation. Our bodies are machines that move fluid and gases back and forth. Some gases more than others. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Prolonged sitting, especially with your legs crossed, can cut off the flow and increase pressure and even cause spider veins. Uh, lastly, it stresses you out. A recent study from Harvard showed that when people who adopted powerful postures, open shoulders, straight spines, had a 20% increase in testosterone levels and a 25% decrease in cortisol levels. But people who slouched, they had a 10% decrease in testosterone and a 15% increase in cortisol. And that translates to low self-confidence and high stress. 
And sitting slouched over can compound the problem. Shallow, pre shallow chest breathing strains the lungs, which must move faster to ensure adequate oxygen flow, which taxes the heart, which is forced to speed up to provide enough blood for the oxygen transport. The result is this vicious cycle where stress prompts shallow breathing, which in turn creates more stress, which creates more shallow breathing, et cetera, et cetera. So it stresses you out. So with all that in mind, I want everybody to stand up. <laughs> this is the interactive portion of the day. <laughs> stand up, I'll, straight backs, shoulders back, chest out, head up. Everybody take a deep breath in and let it out. Deep breath in and let it out. All right, now as you sit back down, sit down, but be conscious of your posture as you do. And throughout the rest of this morning, be aware of your posture. <laughs> and actually, um, I want to ask you guys to be aware of my posture too. I'm, I'm trying to think about this and trying to be aware of my posture. So if you see me slouching, say something. All right, I need the accountability. I'm being honest here. So <laughs> this is going to be weird. So for the past 10 years, Pastor Dave has been leading us on the journey. This journey is a little different from church as most of us grew up knowing it. I know that's one of the reasons that Kylie and I have fell in love with this community and fell in love with his teachings and we stick around. And I think I've heard similar statements from pretty much most uh, every one of you that I've talked to that what's so attractive, what's so refreshing about Crosspoint is that it's not like every church out there. Anything can happen and probably will. Exactly. And that seems to appeal to the majority of us. So that begs the question... What is it that we're getting here? What is at the core of what Pastor Dave has been trying to teach us all these years? And I know that over the last few months, we've been talking a lot about our purpose in this space and our desire for more volunteers and being a part of the events that go on at Theater 166 and beyond. And so much of that is a part of what Pastor Dave is trying to get to. It, it's a part of his teaching, and it really can't be separated from what he's, what he's telling us. Pastor Dave believes that we as a church are involved in the Missio Dei, the mission of God. We're created Imago Dei, image of God, to partake in the Missio Dei, the mission of God. And for that, for us, for this community, that looks like faith, arts, and community. We talk about it all the time, right? And it's not an option of one or over the other. It's all three combined, faith, arts, and community, all rolled together. The Missio Dei for this body of believers is most readily seen in the events and happenings that take place in Theater 166. It, this is our way of acknowledging that we are a sent people who believe in submerging into our community to bring shalom. We are providing a safe place that allows us to live a shared life with those in the community so that we can stand in the gap with them to show them the love of Christ and to tell them that the kingdom is here. Theater 166 allows us a platform that, and it gives us opportunities that we might not otherwise have. However, it will only succeed as far as the congregation that stands behind it will allow it to. It's up to us. And it's been said that there are two competing camps for the people of God today. You're either consumers or you're missionaries. Consumers look at church, whether it's gatherings, services, programs, whatever, as simply ways, methods, and opportunities to feed their own souls. For them, the spiritual life is just a personal matter. These people only think in terms of what they get out of that community. Missionaries, on the other hand, see church as a sending ground, a place, a people, relationships that look at all work as kingdom work. They're less concerned about community for me 
and more concerned about me for the community? What is my role in the larger body? And ultimately, it's the difference between selling and serving. Now, there's a big buzzword in Christian circles right now. It's missional. You've probably heard Pastor Dave talk about it a little bit. And if you're reading any of the Christian articles out there, it's all over the place. And in essence, the idea is that the church is the instrument of God's mission, that we're given the distinct privilege and pleasure of taking part in God's work. Now, today, I'm going to use the word posture to describe attitudes that missional Christians should consider adopting. And posture is a good word for this for two reasons. Number one, in terms of the body, posture is important, as we just talked about, right? We are the body of Christ, right? And so, and we just heard about the effects of poor posture. So if we want to be a healthy body, we need to have good posture. We need to be standing up, sitting up straight. (laughs) Just kidding. (laughs) That was terrible of me, sorry. But we need to have good posture. In the same way that our physical posture can be weighed down and slouched with age, our spiritual posture can become burdened with rules, regulations, old traditions, and misunderstandings. So even as you're sitting there thinking about your physical posture, it's often a good idea to watch your spiritual posture. Unfortunately, corrections can be made, and we can be more observant of our posture. Now, the second reason I'm going to use the term posture is because there's a second definition for posture that's beyond just the physical sitting up of the body. It's also an attitude. And for the past three weeks, Pastor Dave has been trying to get us to shift our attitudes in a series that he called Shift. Exactly. (laughs) You're catching on. I like that. Now, so let's take a look at what this might look like. And in fact, we're going to start this morning in John 20, 21. It's going to come up on the screen. And it says, Jesus said... Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. A missional mindset begins with the truth that as a follower of Christ, you are sent. Now, it's been said that the measure of a church is not its seating capacity, but rather its sending capacity. However, we often think of sending as a mission trip to a far-off country, right? Like Uganda, where Dave is right now with Courtney. You know, we think, oh, they're on a mission trip right? We sometimes forget that the mission field is all around us. It's right where you are. Sometimes we are sent to stay. Like that video said, we are here on mission. And each one of you is a missionary, and your mission field just might be closer than you think. In fact, let's look at what Jesus says to the disciples in Matthew 10, 5 through 7. He says, don't begin by traveling to some far-off place to convert unbelievers. And don't try to be dramatic by taking on some public enemy. Go to the lost, confused people right here in the neighborhood. Tell them that the kingdom is here. A real follower of Christ recognizes that wherever they go, they are sent there by God. They are in that place to tell those people the kingdom is here. You don't have to go halfway around the world to be on mission. You are on mission right here, right where God has placed you. And sometimes we need help remembering that. Uh, That's one of the reasons Kylie and I take part in a program called CARES. It helps us to remember that we are sent. We are a CARES team in our apartment community. We have a job to do there, a role, a purpose. But you know what? So do each one of you. Wherever you go, your jobs and your neighborhoods, places you hang out, 
places you eat or you relax. You're an ambassador for the kingdom right in those places. You've been sent by the Most High to represent him and bring him glory and to tell people that the kingdom is here. Now, I chose this image to represent sent because this is literally the road that we are on. Okay, this is the Google map street view of Parker Road facing east. Okay, in fact, today what I really wanted to do is I really wanted to shift all the chairs around this way and open those doors so you guys could see out there, but that made it tough with the band and all that, so we didn't do that. <laughs> Look at all those homes. There's, you know, there's houses, you go further down, there's some apartment buildings. There's, we, Kylie and I, we were driving in this morning, we drove past Arbor Hills, and there was a ton of people out there. There's all these people who need to know about Jesus. We've been placed in this community for a reason. I think sometimes it's easy to forget that. You know, sometimes we just, we drive to Theater 166, you know, we hustle in at the last moment, we get our seat, sing a few songs, we listen to somebody drone on for 20 to 30 minutes and try to stay awake. And then we rush back to our homes or wherever else we might be going. And I can't tell you how many people we have coming in here saying something like, I didn't even know this place existed and I just lived down the road here. And one of Pastor Dave's dream for the cross point at Theater 166 is that we would be a blessing to this community, that we want our church to be so impactful, so inviting that, that people would miss us if we were gone. Well, they can't very well miss us if they don't know we're here. Our job, our mission, our task starts with each one of us adopting the posture of being sent. Now, Jesus told the disciples, as the Father has sent me, I am sending you. So how did the Father send Jesus? What was his posture as he entered into our world? John 1.14 says it this way. The word became flesh and blood and moved into the neighborhood. He moved in. You see, Jesus didn't come down here just for some two-week mission trip. He didn't just come to earth to do some good works and then hustle back to his cushy couch in heaven and watch some heaven TV. <laughs> he moved into the neighborhood. He submerged himself into our world. We'll get to that in a moment. <laughs> he became one of us and stayed, even when things got rough. You have to remember all that Jesus gave up to move in to the neighborhood. In fact, Paul tells us in Philippians 2 that we should think of ourselves the way Christ Jesus thought of himself. Well, how did Jesus think of himself? Paul continues in Philippians 2, 5 through 8, he had equal status with God, but didn't think so much of himself that he had to cling to the advantages of that status no matter what. Not at all. When the time came, he set aside the privileges of deity and took on the status of a slave, becoming human. He stayed human. It was an incredibly humbling experience. He didn't claim special privileges. Instead, he lived a selfless, obedient life and then died a selfless, obedient death and the worst kind of death at that, a crucifixion. I'm not suggesting you guys are going to be crucified. Although Dave did tell us that there's a bit of risk in this. So. But Pastor Dave is a man that I respect and admire. He really practices what he preaches. He believes in being a part of the community and interacting with others. 
It's one of the reasons that we don't actually have offices here on site. He wants to be out in the community. His office is the local coffee shops that he hangs out in. And he takes the time to get to know the owners and the regulars who come through. He shifted his life rhythms to be able to move according to the Spirit of God. He believes that there's a substantial difference between adding a little bit of missional margin in your life and living a life of submersion. I love this picture of Pastor Dave. And I chose it to illustrate submersion for two reasons. Reason number one, we are literally submerged. <laughs> this was right after the lightning strike. For those of you who don't know, on our second year anniversary, we were struck by lightning and this whole place came crashing down and there was water everywhere. The other reason that I like this is that in this moment, and you can kind of see it on his face, we have a choice to make. Our home this place, had been taken from us. Now, I believe that we had just finished our lease, right? So we could have gotten out. We could have said, you know what? This is too tough anyway. It's going to take too long to rebuild. It's not really doing anything. Let's pack up and find someplace new. Could have just said this whole thing wasn't worth the effort. However, Pastor Dave believes in being submerged in a community. He believes that you don't quit just because things are rough. We decide to dig in and to continue to be submerged right here, right in this community. And now we have a bigger and better venue, and we're trying to provide more and more opportunities for all of us who believe in the Missio Day to interact with others and to tell them that the kingdom is here. So what do we do when we are submerged in these neighborhoods. Well, I want to turn to an interesting passage in the First Testament, Jeremiah 29, 5 through 7. Build houses and make yourselves at home. Put in gardens and eat what grows in that country. Marry and have children. Encourage your children to marry and have children so that you'll thrive in that country and not waste away. Make yourselves at home there and work for the country's welfare. Pray for Babylon's well-being. If things go well for Babylon, things will go well for you. This is a really interesting passage because Judah is in exile in Babylon. And God, through the prophet Jeremiah, brings them this message. Remember, Babylon is the enemy, the hated enemy of Israel. However, in a stunning and remarkable turn, the exiles are commanded to work for the well-being or the shalom of the evil empire. And it turns out that the well-being of Judah is dependent upon and derivative from that of Babylon. There's a, this is a huge shift from the way they'd been initially thinking. Here, God tells them in essence, make a home where I have placed you. Work for the good of those people. Walt Brueggemann in his commentary on this says, the imperative bestows upon this vulnerable, small community a large missional responsibility. It prevents them from withdrawing into their safe sectarian existence and gives it work to do and responsibility for the larger community. Does that sound like anyone else you know? Recently, Dave has been pointing out the fact that for a group our size, this dream, this vision is an enormous task. Maybe it is. And I can't speak for you, but 
I believe that Pastor Dave and our leadership team have gone before God in prayer as to the mission that God wants for this faith community to be on. And I believe that it does have a lot to do with Theater 166 and our placement right here in this community. We're a small community with a large missional responsibility. To achieve that which is God has set before us, we cannot withdraw into our safe sectarian existence. We can't pull away from the community around us. We have work to do and a responsibility to the larger community. This image for me represents shalom. How many of you remember this or even know what this is? A few of you, okay. For those of you who don't know, this was right after we had moved into the space. And we decided to set up shop right out here on the sidewalk. And thank you. See, just say something. I, I see you're doing this, and that looks weird. <laughs> just say it. <laughs> Sometimes we all need to be reminded. <laughs> we set out grills out front in, in, over here, right next to the liquor store. And we grilled up hot dogs. And we handed out bottles of water to the people walking by, who were mostly people coming in and out of True Spirits. Why did we do this? Simply to bring a little bit of shalom. We just wanted to bless our community. We took no donations. We handed out no brochures. We just wanted to do something nice. We were just making opportunities to talk to people, to engage our community. Did Crosspoint or Theater 166 derive any discernible benefits from this? No. Did we do it for our own benefit? No. Did we do it so we could rail against the evils of liquor and the slippery slope of evil? No. We simply did it to act as agents of restoration and to bring shalom into this community. Now, next week, we're going to dive a little deeper into this idea of sentness. And I hope to have a special guest come in and actually share some of his stories of how he and his family have made shifts in their life to become more missional. But I don't want you to misunderstand or, or think that I don't get that some of you are out there already doing this. All right? This is not the only place that mission happens. Like I said before, mission happens in your own neighborhoods. So what I would like for you to do is I want those of you who have stories to email me, knight at crosspoint.com, K-N-I-G-H-T at crosspoint, ends in an E.com. I want you to share your stories with us. We want to celebrate those things with you. We want to encourage you. We want to support you. We want to be a part of the mission that is already happening right in your neighborhoods. Tell us about it. Let us know. Tell us how we can help you adopt. Maybe you're, you're not doing this. Maybe you want some more advice on how you can adopt some of these postures. Drop me an email or catch me afterwards. I'd love to talk to you. But we want to know. We know these things are going on, and we want to celebrate that. And this morning, I want to close with a prayer that I read this week that I thought was just beautiful. It was written by an archbishop out of Melbourne, Australia. And <laughs> I just made my wife happy. All right. She's from Melbourne, Australia, in case you couldn't pick up on that. Uh, while I'm doing this, the band's going to come up. We've got one more song. We're actually going to re-sing uh, the song that we opened with this morning. You guys going to come on up. Uh, we're going to re-sing the song that we opened up this morning, um, Do Something. I think that's such a powerful song. And <laughs> Yes! just made the happy it made me the happiest man in the world 
the words to the course are going to come up on the screens. I want you guys to join in on those parts because I think they're very powerful for us to think about. But before we get to that, let me uh, do this prayer. God of community, we give you thanks for this beautiful and vibrant city, for its diversity of people and cultural life, for its industry and commerce, for its hospitals and agencies of care, and for its places of learning, recreation, and worship. God of compassion, we pray for all who live and work in the city and for those who visit here. Open our hearts to welcome the stranger, shelter the homeless, befriend the lonely, care for the needy, and offer hope to those in despair. God of community, giver of life, of love and hope, hear our prayers for the welfare of this city. Amen. This has been the Crosspoint Sermon Audio from Carrollton, Texas. For more information about our church, visit www.crosspoint.com.